Welcome back, everyone, to the Asbury Deep Dive Podcast. It's so good to be with you today. I am Melissa Ivey, and with me I have Jesse Johnston. Hello, how's it going? We are just so excited to dive into the sermon with you guys. Jesse works with our students. I work with our young adults, so it's just super fun to just be in ministry. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. And so on Sunday, the scripture was Luke 24, and Tom talked about the three C's that we often see with people as they interact with Jesus, right? That they're confused, and then Jesus gives them correction. And then Jesus coaches them, and then out of that, they become witnesses. And he reminded us quite often in the sermon that we are called to be a witness. We are called to go and share Christ with the world, which is so important and such a huge part of being a Christian. And so, we wanted to take time today to practically dive into what it looks like and what it means to be a witness. I feel like in church, we very often say, be a witness, be a witness, be a light, go into the world, right? We say these things, and then, well... How do you do that practically? Right, and that can be kind of confusing sometimes because, I mean, yeah. it is our ultimate goal. You know, we were given the Great Commission and that is how we're supposed to live it. But he just says, go and make disciples. But then like, but how? Yeah, so, but, but what do you, you mean? Know, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, this? and Jesus gives lots of practical things throughout his ministry. And he also, Jesse and I wanted to dive into practical things as well today. And so just to kind of kick it off, I see witness. I see it. There's two types, right? So there's the random person you'll meet on the street who you'll meet maybe once, maybe twice, maybe a store clerk um, that you'll encounter, you'll interact with once in your life. And there's a witness opportunity there. And then there's those people who you see that, you know, friends, you know, there's the strangers and there's also like the friends, the coworkers, the family, the neighbors, you know, there's There's a group of people that see your life, that see you day in, day out, that you have longer-term relationship witness with. Mm. Right. And so, we're going to kind of dive into these two different types of witness because I think that there should be a slightly different approach. I mean, the the why you're doing it and the heart from it is the same, but it's going to look different because it's different opportunities, different relationships. And so, first, we're going to talk about strangers. So, these are the people that you see one-off, maybe a store clerk or a waitress you have, you know, these people that we just interact with almost daily. You'll interact with someone you um, kind of know, but, you know, they're strangers, so you can have a one-conversation type type feeling. Um, and so, I think the first thing that um, we kind of want to dive into with this is that this type of witness is more about planting seeds. Right. So, you're not necessarily going to see the harvest, or you might start the first seed mm-hmm. ever, or you might be the fourth seed, or you might be watering. Like, you just don't know where you're at, where this person is at necessarily. And so it's more about planting seeds. It's more about being that spot of light where they can look back and be like, wow, that interaction was a part of bringing me to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, I'd like to just kind of start with the story. I remember there was one time I was in the mall um, here in Tulsa and I saw this girl walk by and she had some cuts on her wrist. And I, I just, it broke my heart. And I felt like in that moment, God said, hey, go tell her I love her. And I was like, Lord, that's weird. That's weird. I don't want to do that. And so she starts to walk away. And I'm like, and he's like, you tell her I love her. And I was like, and I just felt that like urge in my heart. Like, it just like knew it wasn't me because I wouldn't want to do that. Just go up to a random stranger. And I knew it was God. And so she was walking away and I couldn't see her at this point. So I was like, he was like, go find her. And so like, I get up and I, I walked them all. I see her. And so like, I kind of speed walk over to her, tap her on the shoulder. And she turns around. I was like, huh? And I'm like, hi, um, I don't know this means anything to you, but I really felt like God wanted me to tell you that he loves you. Does that mean anything to you? And she's like, I mean, yeah. And so that was the the extent of our conversation. And then I walked away and I think that was just, you know, that planting seed or watering seed that might've been planted. And I don't know what came of that situation. I don't know what came of her hearing that God loves her, but I just knew in that moment, God wanted her to know that he loved her. And, um, so yeah, that's just, a that random stranger 
plant a seed, let them know, and just, you know, that interaction that you have with them, that God loves them, that God is seeking them out. And I think that's another important thing to remember is that um, God is seeking out people. Um, we came to know Christ because he first sought us. And so in those moments where you think, oh, I didn't have much of a time to interact with them or to, you know, share the gospel. I didn't get to have that full on conversation that ended with them uh, coming mm-hmm. to Christ. God's pursuing them. God is seeking them out. And you are just maybe p- one little part of a big story of them coming to know that they are loved by Jesus and them ultimately giving their life to, life to Christ. And so, yeah, you're just one little part of it because God is ultimately pursuing them before you ever came into contact mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, which is so awesome. It makes this type of witness so cool um, and so just a whole glob of things. Like it's not Mm. just one moment, you know, God directs us in this types of witness. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you're like, I really need to pray for this someone or been in a situation where you're like, wow, I really want to do something nice to this person. You know, I I feel like there's times in our lives where we meet people and um, we'll just get an urge or a a directing by the Holy Spirit of like, I need to act in this moment, like Mm. Jesse in the mall. And there's been a few instances where I've met strangers and I've just been like, I'm supposed to pray for this person. Sometimes I have, sometimes I haven't. Sometimes I chicken out for sure. Mm. Um, But it's really cool. This, this type of witness with strangers is that God's going to direct it. God has that overall plan and you get to be a part here and there. Right. Which is super, super cool. And so, um, some more, another piece about this, um, working with strangers, and this this also ties into people we know, but Christ in various places has directed us to find a person of peace. Mm-hmm. And so, you can interpret this to mean several different things. I've heard this in several different ways before. Um, but for me, how I kind of summarize it or wrap it up in a nice bow is that a person of peace is someone who is receptive to the gospel, mm-hmm. someone who is looking for Christ or looking for something. You know, sometimes you might mention Jesus and people might start getting hostile or mean or mad or... Um, that is not a person of peace. And Jesus tells us not to necessarily engage with that person because that's not a person ripe for the gospel. That's not someone willing to hear anything. And so, but you have also, I'm hoping I've, I've experienced my life where you've met people who are hungry for that. They're thirsty for that. They look to you and they say, you're a Christian. What do you have that I want? You know, you, right. you have this thing. How can you share that with me? And so I think that's an important thing of this witness with strangers isn't supposed to be hounding down people who don't want to hear it or yelling it at people who, you mm. know, randomly, you know, it's more about the intimate encounters of like a girl who just needed to hear God loves them or right. someone who just wants to hear you pray for them or, um, you know, that touching moment of someone shares their story with you and you get to share your story with them. It's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And um, absolutely the spirit directs that. And I think, you know, This can also come down to practical things. Like you're not always going to hear a word from God of like, go talk to this person. But how do you treat people when you're inconvenienced, right? Right. How do you treat your servers? How do you treat the people around you? How do you, when you have to call and it's inconvenient because you have to, you know, they must, something mess something up and you have to call and it's always annoying because it's always so long and, you know, things like that. Are you kind or are you uppity, right? And it could even just be that kindness or that kind word that, I mean, might just brighten someone's day, but also might plant a seed for the gospel. Mm-hmm. You never truly know. Like my roommate Nate, anytime I, I love going out like to eat with him because he all just the way he interacts with servers, the way he interacts with a, a waiter or just any person, he just always just ends it with God bless, and it's mm-hmm. just always cool. Just like just such a little thing. I hope I can just kind of, you can always sometimes see in their eyes, it's just like a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness. And, you know, you just brighten someone's day just by saying God bless, and so I think that's great. Yeah, and I think you know. Um, 
with our words, our words are also so powerful. And I think our testimony is so powerful. Um, no one can argue with what you've been through, right? Mm. People can't say, that's not true. You didn't go through that. Like, that's not true. They can't fight you on that. And so our testimony is so powerful. And so there's small ways where we can share not our full blown out 30 mm. minute testimony, but bits and pieces of just, yeah, there was one time I was broken too. And now Christ helps me or, you know, something super, super simple. Um, and that's just a way with, with various people we interact with, ways of sharing the light you felt from Christ and like sharing that with them helps them draw near to that as well. And I think it's important to just ask God, be like, hey, give me those opportunities. Yeah. Like if you see someone that's hurting or something, like you have experiences in your life too, and you can share from those experiences and be that light for people in the midst of those moments. Even if it's just a random person, if you're like, hey, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Or if you do know the situation, you can speak into that because again, God will lead you in those. And if you're bold enough to ask, hey, God, give me the opportunity, mm-hmm. he will give you the opportunity. And yeah. um, I think that was you know, what led me to that situation in the mall. I think it was a time in my life where I was just like, God, really, just give me an opportunity. And mm-hmm. he gave me that opportunity. Yeah, so. if you pray for it, he'll give it to you for sure. for sure. And you have to be okay with being a little weird in society. Like, it's not normal to walk up to random people and be like, can I pray for you? You know, it's not normal. And um, sometimes people think that you're weird, but what cool things can happen out of that? And you I know? think we're, we live in a world that there is a lot of hurt and people are craving that sort Absolutely. of thing. They are craving some, uh, knowing that they are loved and being pursued by a God that loves them. Yeah. And I think this witness with strangers, sometimes people think of it as kind of... Um, like, oh, it's only for the special people. Like, only the really cool Christians or only the ones who are really committed get a word from God to go pray for someone or get to go do this, have these cool encounters. But it's open to anyone who's willing mm-hmm. to be this for Christ. It's open to anyone who's willing to pray those prayers of, Lord, use me. Lord, may I find someone today to pray for, you know, or asking for these things. Because if you're brave enough and bold enough to just take that leap, and the first time you do it, it's the scariest. And then it it's always scary, but mm-hmm. it gets easier and easier of just like, okay, I'm planting seeds. Like, let's see what God wants me to do. And I think it's another important part of the Great Commission. It's as as you are going. It's a lifestyle. It's the way you live. You are living in a way that you might not be a pastor, but you're living in a way that the interactions you have in your life, just even going to work every day, you are being a witness. You're Mm -hmm. being someone that people see Jesus in. Yeah. Well, and so many more people will hear it that way because a Mm -hmm. pastor is going to talk to the church and the people who come to him, but you get to go out and you get to be in the world. And there's so many people you're going to touch more people because you're just going to be out there. You know, the pastor equips you and encourages you to then go and do, which is super cool. And I think, you know, the way we live our lives brings us into the second type of witness of the people we see day in, day out, coworkers, um, various people we have just relationships with sometimes family maybe your family isn't all believers um or all these different relationships we have that are ongoing coaches um teachers you know all these things and so um these are the people that see the way you live Mm -hmm. and i think that you know if you're making strategic decisions for christ there's okay so there's this like debate about i don't know if you've heard this phrase before but it says um preach the gospel and use words only if you have to which is a beautiful phrase. Um, but I, I catch myself on that because I think you do need to use words at times, right. but also your life should be lived in mostly a way that you don't have to use words. Like I get both sides of it and I think it's a balance of both. I think it is. And I think um, because without the words, people just see a genuinely very kind, giving, loving yeah. person. But um, I think a good example, um, I worked at a comic shop here in Tulsa for a while and people just saw that I lived differently. 
and I didn't go out and do the same things that they did on Friday nights. And they would ask me about that. And they just kind of, then they asked me about what my other job was because they knew I also worked here at Asbury. And so they started to get to know me and they just saw that I was just very kind with people. The way I interacted with customers was different. And so um, they began to ask me those questions and stuff. And it, outside of just seeing that I was a kind person, there also needs to be that element of, well, I'm this way because mm-hmm. Jesus lives in me and I love Jesus and I live my life for him. And so I think those oper- me in that situation, being who Christ you know, was leading me to be, opened up those opportunities to be able to share the gospel. And I had those yeah. opportunities to share with uh, one of my coworkers. We'd have conversations whenever the store was very slow and almost coming in. He'd just be like, hey, Jesse, tell me about this. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple customers that were like good friends with him that also like he, we'd be in that conversation. They'd walk up and he'd try to get them in on that conversation too. So, so cool. Yeah. yeah. You need to live your life in a way that's different, but you also need to be ready to give words and give an account of why it's different and things like that and even the simple simple phrase of well i live for christ my heart is his he loves me that's Mm -hmm. why i live this way simple but that's a seed planted you know people that there's so much more to that but i think even these simple phrases are okay to use because that's going to create that hunger to know more Mm -hmm. as well um and i think this whole you know live your life share share the gospel through your life is really important but also um I think especially, I might be, I'm going to say this carefully, but I think especially in Western Christianity, it's so easy for our lives to still look like the world around us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's so easy to be a nice person, but still look like the neighbor who doesn't believe, you know? And so um, I think an important question for every Christian to examine their lives is, am I truly living in a distinctive way? Mm -hmm. Am I truly standing out? And I think it's, I, I only I I don't question people, but I, I put this question before everyone to answer for themselves because it's in Western in the Western world and in America and in Christianity here, we just all look so similar. I mean, right. you know, a nice person could just be a simply nice person and then a Christian who's also nice is also a Christian who's nice and the world gets confused by that. Like are we truly living in every minute way differently? Mm. Right? Like what are we doing that's different? And um what distinctive thing do you have? Because your life can look day to day like a lot of people who are good people but aren't believers and what are you doing that's distinctive? You know, I think of Acts and I think of the first church and I think of how they were so different than the world around them. But they also lived in a culture that was, it was easy to be starkly different Mm -hmm. from. And then we live in this culture where it's not that easy to stand out as a Christian because there's lots of nice people out there. Um, And I think, especially in Oklahoma, you know, there's lots of pieces to this, but I think a question everyone needs to examine throughout their lives is how am I truly different? How am I truly distinct and remarkable as a Christian? Right. And I think um, I've been thinking about the similar things. And if you do look at the Church of Acts, um, you see a group of people that are very different. And but they're also there's a lot of persecution for their faith. Yeah. And we here in America we don't experience a lot of persecution for our faith. And Jesus tells us like if you are doing as I've called you to do, you will experience uh, persecution. And since we're not experiencing a ton of it, that just kind of leads me to think, well. Maybe we have a lot of room to grow here in the church in um, the United States. What can we do differently to where, like, we have a lot of leeway where we can go out and actually, instead of just being those nice people, but, like, I can share my faith openly. I can share my faith with yeah. people that I come yeah. in contact with. Because I think we're also in a world that, like, especially right now, that's hungry for it, that wants to know that there's a hope out there. There is um, gonna things are going to be okay, and there's healing out there, and that comes from us sharing that love and sharing the name of Jesus, not just like, hey, I'm here for you, bless you, but like, why am I experiencing this? Why am I saying bless you? Why am I being kind to you? 
because Jesus is at work in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of those hard truths that Christianity brings, you know, not shying away from those as much, not sugarcoating the gospel and saying, you know, there's only one way um, to the Father, and that's Jesus Christ, and that's that's it, you know. Um, Yeah, there's lots there, and I think it's just an important question that as a church we need to collectively look at and pursue, but also as individuals we need to look at and pursue in our lives. And um, I think a good question about witness, and as we look at this, and as we think of the people who truly do live a life, who you look at them and you're like, without a doubt, that's a Christian, that's a believer. Um, Well, their focus is obviously going to be on Christ. Their focus is going to be on on the one and not about how many people can I witness to, but it's going to be always about Christ. You know, it's not a numbers game ever. And I think I like Tom's example of riding a bike. You need to look up, not look down. And I think about when I played soccer or I still play soccer, but not on like a sports team or whatever but um, I thought about soccer and when you look down at the ball when you're dribbling yeah you might have better touches when you're still practicing um, but you don't see the game around you you don't Mm. see the strategy you don't know who's open to pass to you don't know who's coming to guard you like you don't know the game that's happening you just know that you and the ball are doing okay but when you look up and you have to practice you know dribbling the ball without looking at it so that you can play the game like it's just the different perspectives and the different focus. You know, if you're focusing on just you and the soccer ball and just moving it around, okay, fine, but you're missing the literal point. Right. Right. But whenever you look up and you're playing the game, um, yeah, sometimes your dribbling touches aren't as great, but then you practice that and you work on that. And so I just thought about that and just where's your focus at? You know, are you focusing on just yourself or on just your family or whatnot, which is not a bad thing to do, but also remember there's Christ. You know, that's where our focus should be when we do witness. The goal shouldn't be, oh, I'm going to do so good. I'm going to bring these people to Christ. They're going to, oh, they're going to get a word today. Like, they're going (laughs) to learn today. Like, that's not the focus. When you do that, you're not truly being a witness. You know, you're Mm -hmm. being a little selfish there. And so, you want to fully focus on Christ. And I think when Jesse and I were chatting about this, he had an awesome example about someone who did this well. If we look at um, the life of uh, King David, a man after God's own heart, um, we see a man that and we call him the man after God's own heart. And but he sinned. He failed all the time. I mean, you just look at his story and he did some messed up things. He, he really did. But I think what's really good, and especially in this idea of uh, ministering and being a witness to people in our daily lives, people that just are always in contact with us, at some point they're going to see that you're, you fail. Sometimes you mess up. Sometimes you sin. And um, a lot of times people were like, oh, you're a Christian. You just did that hypocrite. And that's um, like kind of like, a, I don't know, they like want to call that out sometimes. And I think it's an important time in that moment to remember what's the purpose of the church? What's the purpose of following Jesus? And it's that we are a group of sinful, broken people that are coming together to worship a holy God and to be uh, come to know him and also change in that process. And work through that process of sanctification, which is that process of becoming like Christ. It, and it's a process. And, you know, the moment you accept Christ, you're not going to be that immediate, like, I'm a perfect person now, but you are following a perfect person. You are following someone that loved the world and loved the people around him perfectly. And so as you go about your life and people do see that you stumble, see you sin, that's an opportunity, like in David's life, to be like, yeah, I mess up. I can confess that. I did do that and own what you've done, but also own the fact that you are saved and you are covered by the blood of Christ. You are covered by grace and point back to like, yes, I'm an imperfect person. That's why I follow Jesus. That's why I'm seeking him out right now. And it's because I am that imperfect person that does experience sin in my life. And so I'm seeking him. 
Yeah, which takes a heck of a lot of humility. Really does. For one thing, to be able to quickly say, you know what, I do mess up. And I think Christians sometimes, and I think in the past years, like many years ago, it was always the live the perfect Christian life. Don't let people see your issues. Don't let people see your struggles. Don't let people know. Like my grandparents were very much that way mm. of like the world cannot know. Do not ask for help. You know, we're, we're Christians. We shouldn't ask for help. You know, all these things. But that's just not how it is. And when you do that, that's lonely. And that's not truly sharing what the good news of the gospel is because um, we need to have that humility. And we need to be transparent in that. You know, if you don't let people see where you struggle and see where God has come through for you, they're not really seeing God act in your life. You know, they're seeing your actions. They're not seeing God in that relationship playing out. You know, and I think transparency is such a super important thing in a Christian's life because the world needs to see where we struggle so that they can see the goodness of God. Right. And I think in that, they'll see that God is still at work in people's lives today. Yeah. He was at work in David's life. Yes. And he's also at work in our lives today. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to be sinful. But I'm also seeking after God. And you're seeking after God. And we as Christians, as the body of Christ, we are seeking after God as sinful, broken people. And he's still at work in our lives today, yeah. restoring us, bringing us back into it, um, setting, you know, bringing us to his table, restoring us and showing us his love. Yeah, and another beautiful place for our testimony. Right. right. Our testimony is such a powerful witness. Our story of how God has come through for us or how God is currently working in us, you know, those stories help people. When, yeah, what Jesse just said of know that God is still at work. You know, some people will say, yeah, he worked. He was working at the Old Testament times and the New Testament times, but he's not working now. He's not active now, which is not true. You know, and living with Christ, you need to let people see that so that they can realize that that's where their hunger is going to be fulfilled. And so I think just kind of to wrap up a few important pieces, just um, practically of how we can be a good witness. I think um, consistency is really important as a Christian. Consistency in how you treat people and how you react to situations. Um, I think that's important just because you can't, hypocrisy, Christians are so often accused of being hypocrites Mm -hmm. because it kind of goes back to the, um, we do sin, and how do we handle that? You know, right. are we tr- claiming that we're Christians? That mean does that mean to you that you're perfect and you don't mess up because you have Jesus, or does that mean that you are a human being and you struggle and you mess up, but Jesus walks with you through that and helps you grow through that, right? Mm-hmm. And which 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 are we presenting to the world? Because one is going to make them yell hypocrites very fast. Right. As one is going to say, what kind of relationship is this? What do you mm-hmm. mean unconditional love? What do you mean he's always there? What do you mean he helps you grow? Right. And I think that kind of um, Paul talks about it. And I think Galatians 6, 1, it's the idea like, are you seeking to restore people from their sin or are you seeking to condemn people? And as we're going out in the world, like, I want to be someone that is seeking to restore people, seeking to like, hey, you can find hope. You can find an alternative to this life that's hurting you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then we also want to make sure we're living in a distinctive way. And I think that means distinctive, that word would mean things for different things for different people. Um, but you know, are you living in a way that people can look at you and tell that something's different? Or do you look just like your neighbor? Um, and a very interesting question that I hope you ponder and let Jesus ponder with you. Don't just condemn yourself in that. Right. Let Jesus answer with you. Um, as well as, you know, using your words to plant seeds, using your words to share your story, using your words to pray for people. We have to be willing to speak up. And I, I think there's always going to be a fear of rejection and a fear of being um, attacked back or a fear. There's always going to be fear there, but perfect love casts out fear. You know, use the scripture to build you up in that. Use the scripture to find peace in that and to walk forward in that and to be able to use your words because I don't think often enough, you know, we, I think in church we get it. Yeah, be nice to people, be good people, but um, yeah, we have to use our words. We have to speak up. Mm. 
Because, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, like we can be genuinely kind to people. We can be someone that people would experience love from, but me, you know, saying nice words to you doesn't really do anything for your soul. Mm. It's me sharing the story of Christ, sharing Christ's love and his hope, sharing the gospel is what actually does suffer people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's just so much tied up in being a witness, you know, and I think every individual person does it individually um, with Christ. You know, the way I witness is going to look different than the way Jesse witnesses. And the way I hear God nudging me to go talk to a certain person is going to be different than the way Jesse hears God nudging him to go talk to someone, which I think is really beautiful. And it comes back to, are you focusing on being with Jesus? Mm Because if you're focusing there, he'll teach you how to hear him. He'll teach you how to abide in him and to, from that love, go out and help people. Or is your goal to then go save all the souls or you're going to be the best. You know, it's not about doing something for Christ. It's about out of the love he has for us, wanting other people to experience that love and realize that we're a witness because he has left, the Holy Spirit is here with us and tangible Jesus is not on this earth. And he has left us here to share that good news. He has asked us to, invited us to join him on his mission to bring people to himself. And I think that's just such a high honor that we should take more seriously. Right. And I think we all have, in the body of Christ, we all have a role in that. Yeah. And if yeah. we, if the church Everyone individually in the church, in the body of Christ, decided, I want to take my part in the body of Christ. How much would the world look differently? How much mm-hmm. if every American, uh, Christian American, decided, hey, I want to take part in my uh, in the role as in my role as the body of Christ? The world would look very different. Yeah, it would look absolutely. like people going out, sharing Christ's love and Christ's name. Yeah, in yeah. The, the individual unique ways, because like you said, it's going to be different for the two of us because God's given us all different unique gifts um, to be able to take part in the move, the movement of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Witness is very active. It's very proactive. It's very um, out of, and it's a step that I feel like you get to at a. At, you know, you should do it throughout, but it's a step that if you're a baby Christian or you're new to Christ, you're still diving deeper. It's a step that. Um, it's not the first step I would say is becoming a Christian. However, you can't just forget about it. You mm-hmm. can't always be like, I'll do that later. I'm not there yet. Right. I'm not there yet. You know, it's that balance of you want to be rooted in Christ, but also you're going to spend your whole life learning how to be rooted in Christ. So you also have right. to go then witness. Yeah. And I think even as like a baby Christian, you'd be like, hey, I'm experiencing this crazy new thing. Like your friends, like I just got this hope where I feel like I now have eternal life. I want my friends to know that. I yeah. want my friends to know that they too can have eternal life in heaven with a Mm -hmm. God that loves them and created them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I encourage you, if you, if witnessing scares you to death to look at that fear with Christ, Mm -hmm. what's scaring you? Why is it scaring you? And out of what lies is that fear coming from, you know, is what's happening to make you be so afraid of it? Because I think we are afraid of it often. Um, And then taking those things to Christ and sitting before him and saying, okay, God, like, how do I work through my fear of rejection? How do I work through my desire to have a good reputation? How do I work through whatever it is? And then after that, or through that, not after, it's it's a both and situation. Um, Learning to be distinctive in your life and whatever Christ calls you for that to look like, and then using your words and you know, pray. Ask to pray for someone. Make it a goal to pray for one person a day or something. Right. Um, I think also in that, it's a very powerful thing when you ask someone to pray for them. Pray for them in that moment. Yes. Let right them, there. Let them hear that prayer. Yeah. Don't write down their prayer. Write down their prayer request for later if you wish. But yeah. pray for them then and there. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, I feel like we could sit and talk about being a witness all day. Um, yeah, there's a lot so here. It's, it's definitely, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's what we're called to do. The Great Commission is about being a witness, you know, nothing nothing too weighty, you know, right. just exactly what we're supposed <laughs> to do as Christians, you know. Jesus, Jesus' last words to us. Casually, <laughs> casual. Um, and so I think we'll pause here, but if you ever have um, questions about being a witness, seek out, you know, find a group of believers in your life to go do this with, you know, don't take this alone. You know, first and foremost, Christ needs to be in this with you all the way. He is in this with you all the way. He wants to be in this with you all the way, but also seek like-minded people in your life to to help you with this, to learn how to do this. And um, the first few steps, the first few times are always the scariest. And then, I mean, I'm not saying the fear of rejection ever fully goes away or ever will. Like there's always going to be nerves. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, 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 once you see success and once you see those seeds planted and yeah, there might be some times of people being like, okay, cool. But there might be times of someone breaking down and crying and saying, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. You know, those, those little things are so encouraging to say, this is a valuable thing that we as Christians are called to do. And so um, just as we wrap up, Jesse, will you pray for everyone? I will. Um, Father God, I thank you for this opportunity for us to just talk about your goal and your great commission, Lord, about uh, us living our lives for you. I just pray right now for everyone listening that they themselves would pray for boldness and that you, you would uh, instill in them this fire for them to share your love and your hope with the those around them that they come into contact with, and maybe that's just that one time and to plant that seed. Or for those they see in contact every day when they go to work, when they go to school, that they will just share your love and share your hope with them. We love you, and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.